coming up today on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. The other thing for drummers, and this, I mean, this is everybody on stage, but you need to learn to be humble. You need to learn that it's not about you, and and um, it's not about even so often that satisfaction that you get in playing your favorite groove or whatever. You have to, you have to. You're up there to serve the Lord, and and but you're also up there to make really the best music you can possibly make, and so you got to be unselfish. You're part of a team. You're not. You're not up there. Hopefully, up there just to show off. Well, that was a segment from an interview with Lee Campen, one of our drummers here at Gateway Community Church. He is our first chair drummer, and uh, he shares a lot of great insight about drumming, and not just drumming, but uh, other great insight into being a part of a worship band and, and worship ministry in the local church. And so I think you're really going to be excited about hearing that interview. The Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast is a, uh, a part of the Worship Ministry Catalyst, which is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to improve worship in the local church. We are here to to do whatever we can to help you do worship better in your local church, and we want to encourage you, we want to support you, we want to give you resources, and we are here to do anything we can to help the local church worship Jesus Christ better, and in doing so, uh, put a better face out there in the community for people to see of, of what the church looks like, what the church is capable of, and worship and whatnot. So that is what we are here to do. Once again, today, Kevin is not going to be able to be with us. He is busy out uh, working with their church, and our church and several other churches are out uh, at the, the Clark County Fair, and they have a booth out there, and they're they're kind of cooperating with Child Evangelism Fellowship and doing a booth. They usually do a face-painting booth and share Jesus Christ with the kids. Well, they decided to do one, and the, they would be able to share Jesus Christ with adults at the same time. So that's where he is. He won't be with us this episode, and we will uh, we'll get him back here as soon as we can and get get some more podcasting done for you guys to be able to listen to. But I wanted to share uh, some news with you guys. We have another way for you to get in touch with us, and that is by phone. You can you can get in touch with us by phone. Now you can call and leave a message. You can call, and if you call during the day on uh, Monday through Wednesday on between you know, 8 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the evening on the West Coast, I actually might answer your call and talk to you a little bit. So you can get in touch with with us at 360, that's area code 360-356-1175. Let me say that again for you, area code 360-356-1175. And you can also call and leave a voicemail if you have a question that you'd like us to talk about, if you have some uh, input on one of our discussions that we've already had, or if you just want to call and say, hey, as one of our listeners, go ahead and call and leave us a voicemail and we'll probably put it into the podcast for other people to listen to, some listener love. So anyways, want to uh, give you a heads up on that and let you know that you can get in touch with us another way. You can also always go to our website, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com and get in touch with us there. Or you can send us an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Okay, we're going to get right into it. Here comes our interview with Lee Campen about playing drums and worship and other worship-related topics. Lee is the uh, children's pastor here at Gateway Community Church, but he also serves on the worship team, has been playing on the worship team for many, many years, longer than I uh, have any idea 
what they could be. Um, but uh, he has been a great asset to the worship ministry here at Gateway. He has a lot of insight into worship in general, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So here we go, Lee Campen. Well, we're talking with Lee Campen today. How's it going, Lee? Great. Good? No. You know. A little stressed out. Got VBS this week. Yes, Lee is very graciously sitting in with us right in the middle of VBS week. So we're going to make this as quick as possible. Painless, hopefully. For you, anyway. The listener. You can't see, but we're uh, actually torturing Lee right now. He's tied to the couch to get him to be here. But... (laughs) No, I thought it'd be great if we could uh, take just a couple minutes and talk with Lee about playing drums and worship and what that looks like. Lee is our children's director here at Gateway, but he also has been a part of Gateway Worship for many years, and it's been uh, great for me to serve along with him. So he's one of our one of our premier drummers, one of our drummer extraordinaire here at Gateway. So I actually, be good I'm, to- I'm the resident hack when it comes to the percussion arts at Gateway Church. Resident hack. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, well, it just means I'm a hack drummer. Oh. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, Lee's been playing drums like 12 out of the last 13 weeks because we're kind of trying to find some new drummers. But uh, he's he's the guy that I ask on Saturday afternoon when all the other drummers have said no if, if he'd be able to play drums this weekend, so... He's got a great attitude when it comes to playing drums, and it's great to have him on as part of the, the worship team. And he also brings a great feel for playing drums. So do you want to maybe talk to us a little bit about what, what you think about when you're playing drums, besides how great it is to be playing with me? <laughs> yeah, that's usually not what I'm thinking about, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, to me, playing drums is... I mean, half of it's just about having fun. You know, I love to, it's fun to just sit there at the kit and make music. It's the the cool thing about drums is you're not so tied into what the changes are and, and, uh, what key you're in or anything like that. You can relax a little bit and just listen, listen for what's going on and, and try to fit in with that. So. You play other instruments, Mm-hmm. So how does playing acoustic guitar help you as a drummer? Um, well, just because once, whenever you've played an instrument for a while, you get, uh, you know, guitar, a lot of times, depending on the song, you might, it might have kind of a polyrhythmic feel to the strum pattern. And so as a drummer, you're just trying to capture that. You're just trying to accent that a little bit and, and fit in with it and try not to walk over top of that. So, I don't know. So, in other words, it's important to listen <laughs> to what other instruments are doing. Absolutely, it's not <clears throat> it's not the drummer's responsibility to fill in every little hole. Right, and it's and it's not. You know, I think a lot of drummers see what they do as just simple. Um, oh, I learned this beat, and so I just play this beat through the whole song. I mean, it's far more than that. You need to. Um, learn to play dynamically and it's what I I think a lot of drummers one of my frustrations is is when a drummer isn't doing that 
And it's no fun. It, it does not add to the worship to play at one volume level through <laughs> an entire worship set is is pretty hard. It's pretty fatiguing to listen to. Mm-hmm. So on the other hand, I think the drums can provide that spark when you're coming into a chorus and building up or or even sometimes just, you know, uh, suddenly just a, a well-placed crash and then a, a an instant change in volume can just add so much intensity and just bring people, you know, you see the hands go up in the air and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of feel like you have a little power to wield if you <laughs> use it right. One of the things wrong, it's not a good thing. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed playing with you is you kind of stack your dynamics. And so you, you'll start at maybe a piano and then go to a, a mezzo forte on the first chorus and then back it off to a mezzo piano on the second verse and then go to a forte on the second chorus and then like a fortissimo on the bridge or something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a mezzo pianissimo is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that intentionally? Yeah, I think, I think, and not just for drums. I mean, I think everybody up there, you, you kind of have to exaggerate dynamics when you're playing and, Usually, whatever level you feel like you're playing at, whatever um, intensity you think you're bringing, you usually have to amplify that a little bit for it to come across. Of course, you want to do that together with the rest of the band and not just um, be a lone ranger out there thinking that you're adding all this great color to the music and all you're doing is making a fool of yourself. (laughs) And I'm sure I'm guilty of it. How do you gauge that from your from your cage that's a little tough honestly um you're you're kind of at the mercy when you're in the fishbowl of what what the sound guy thinks and how much he likes or hates the drums you know but i don't know depending on who you're playing with sometimes you're you're leading that sometimes you're the guy who's leading as a drummer you're you're kind of inspiring the other players maybe to play a little more dynamically and then other times if you're playing with a good group of guys and gals, um, you, you're, you're more just following along and fitting in. So, and that, that kind of goes with your relationship with the worship director too. And what he, what he expects out of you. I know you, you trust me a little bit on that. So it makes it fun for me because I can just kind of get up there and kind of do my thing and, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> What happens when you don't trust your worship leader? Well, that's never fun, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, musically, it, it sometimes you know we're faced with just doing things that aren't real satisfying to us. And if if the director um, wants to go a certain direction and it's not what you're feeling, you, I don't know. I guess that's a matter of swallowing your pride. Um, but maybe maybe that's a great time to save a conversation for the end of the weekend when worship's done. And, and maybe if you've got some musical ideas, that would be a good time to go. But you definitely don't want to protest when you're through your playing in the moment mm-hmm. during worship is not a good time to explore your own musical odysseys. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you draw your, uh, your inspiration from? So uh, in other words, what do you listen to? Where do you, what, what drummers do you like to listen to or groups do you like to listen to that kind of give you inspiration for different patterns or different beats and whatnot to, to throw into a worship song? 
I would say mostly a lot of spinal tap. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm horrible on that question, actually. I can't, like, I'm not like when I read magazines and you, these guys have all these lists of influences. I'm, I'm kind of weirdly eclectic when it comes to music. So, um, I, I mean, I listen to right now some of the modern worship stuff I'm listening to. Um, would be need to breathe. Um, I listen to building 429, just some of that kind of stuff. And I know it's kind of generic, but it's also pretty good music. I think at least for a guy my age who Mm -hmm. isn't cool anymore. Um, I, I don't know to me. I don't, I don't necessarily know, I guess what my influences are. I just, just in general, I mean, I played, a lot of jazz when I was younger, um, not on drums, but other, you know, and just, I don't know. Trombone. I played trombone. Doesn't, you know, there's not a lot of correlation there to drums <laughs> actually, but, um, I guess, um, but, but being in that context, jazz drumming is a great thing to listen to because there's tons of dynamics going on and the rhythm structures are, generally more complex and there's a lot of feel that has to be involved in that and it's not like listening to rock and roll where you could almost put on a loop on a lot of songs and you wouldn't even need a drummer Mm -hmm. you know um jazz there's no such thing as (laughs) that i've heard you know jazz charts don't don't generally have just kind of loopy sounding drums and so try to add some of that color in and learn to use the cymbals a little bit more and learn learn the different parts of your your snare head and the different sounds you can get and where they're where they're appropriate to use so how did you first uh start to learn some of the different the different you know more than just a snare is a snare how did you get into the deeper uh understanding of each of the the drums and cymbals and stuff like that uh well a lot of that, uh, honestly, um, probably came through. I used to get Modern Drummer. I used to. I don't get it anymore, but I used to subscribe to that. And just you read the articles in there, and you read some, you know, the the kind of famous drummers out there, and what their take is on um, how they use the instrument. Then you start to it like opens your eyes, and you go, oh. I don't know if I ever really paid much attention to that before. And all of a sudden you're like listening to how sensitive is this drum from the middle of the head out to the edge and how can I use that in the music and rim shotting and stuff like that. When you hit a chorus, if you get practice um, being able to consistently hit, hit your rim shot, um, that can really help the snare come out on top of the mix where you need it in a chorus. Um, and the other side of that came from the years at Gateway when we we went through the the electronic drum phase in our old building, which most drummers I, that I know have the same experience as me. It's just it's no fun playing electronic drums. Is is there's no expression even with good ones. We had supposedly good ones, and so when once you get back on a real kit after having that experience, it's it's very eye-opening and all of a sudden you feel like wow i can do anything i want (laughs) it's fun you know Mm -hmm. and so either you explore it you overplay it at first and then you kind of settle down and you learn how to use it tastefully and so and i would say not just on the snare this is another thing that i hear a lot of drummers um 
underestimate the value in um, how they hit their toms, how they use their toms. It's important to get a good stroke when you hit your toms. If you, if you, I find um, kind of almost dead center on the head, and uh, if you don't, if you don't get that just right then you, you lose a lot of the tone depending on what you're after. But I like toms to have that kind of fat singing sound to them. And so um, it, 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 it's surprisingly hard to get that tone out of them. So a lot of guys aren't listening for that. So you got to listen for it. Now you built the kit from a kit that we have at, at our church. And uh, I think that gives you a lot of intimate knowledge of the kit and its, uh, and its capabilities and, and what it can sound like and how for instance on the toms how how good they can sound and how how bad they can't sound maybe you could just talk about two things for drummers who might be still learning a lot um how to know when when you need new heads on your on your drums and then also how to know how to tune a drum because I, mm-hmm. I know there are a couple different people who think who have different ways of tuning some tune to a pitch others tune to just to to get a good tone out of the sound what do you do when you're tuning and and looking at the life of a head on a drum yeah that's another scary question that's probably better left to an expert (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i did i built those drums um but they're not you know i i don't i i I do a lot of reading and stuff. There's a great um, website you can go to. I think, I don't remember what it's called, but I think if you, in your browser, if you were to um, type in um, uh, drum tuning Bible or something like that, not to be sacrilegious, that's just what it's called. Um, And it goes into great depth on what the different types of heads um, the different brands and the different types of heads with different plies and coatings and stuff, what sounds that'll give you goes greatly into depth on how to seat your heads in and stuff like that. But I think for me, tuning drums, I'm kind of from the school of a lot of same, a lot of guys that you're really just using your ear, you know, the one thing to watch out for that I think a lot of drummers don't realize is that you're, your drums, you know, your head stretch, your your tuners are going to slip a little bit. It's just like any instrument, you got to keep it in tune. You would never tune a guitar when you put new strings on, just leave it, you know. Well, drums are the same way and it can be gradual, and I find that every few weeks I'll go I'll take the tuning key and just tweak a little bit and I'll be it's amazing how all of a sudden you can get that sustain back and you can get so you know, but this I mean a lot of that is preference you know your um how you like your bottom heads um your re- your um, resonant head as opposed to your batter head and stuff like that we use uh, a two-ply coated head on the snare um, that lets you get a lot of the good harmonics w- um without getting it getting too choked off of a sound um the toms are a single ply coated so you do get a lot of ringiness and you get a lot of the what sounds twangy when you're sitting behind the kit but if you get out in the room um, those harmonics actually um, blend into the mix a lot and give your drum that cut and sparkle that it needs so one thing you should do when you're tuning drums is 
try to get somebody else to sit at the kit and play and back off from it and hear what it sounds like because sometimes what sounds really sweet up close just sounds like cardboard boxes when you get out about 20 feet so just depending on how you're miking it and stuff there's you know tuning is just one of those those things there's all kinds of uh theory out there on how to tune drums and like you said some people tune to pitches some people just find the sweet spot of the drum where it likes to ring that's kind of what i like to do um pitches are okay but i like the drums to have that maximum kind of sustain to them and and just that they all they all have a certain pitch where they just kind of open up and if you can find that um that's what i tend to like so toms are supposed to have maybe not a specific pitch but there's supposed to be a tone there Mm -hmm. when you hit it so if there are drummers out there who are playing a kit and all you hear is a thud and not a not a tone then you need to maybe investigate tuning a little bit more yeah i know i hear a big difference when you especially the floor tom yeah it'll it'll thud it'll lose its tone pretty quickly and just go to being a thudding drum instead of a and have a nice tone to it it just makes all the difference in the world yeah and well and i think also i mean again it's preference in the 70s that thud was like the coolest thing ever everybody was playing concert toms i think with just a single head and that was kind of the sound and and if if you're one of the if you're kind of a fast and flashy drummer um having having a long decay is a bad thing because your your pitches will overlap and sound you'll get all these dissonances going on and so a lot of guys go for that fast sound which is a tends to be a smaller drum a, a shorter drum uh, or one that's not as deep and a lot of times maybe like a pinstripe head that you know that doesn't have a whole lot of overtone to it and again has that really cool up close sound but some maybe loses a little bit of its harmonic richness when you get out away from it a little bit but you know if that's the sound you like that's the sound you like if it fits the music you're doing it might be the best thing so what piece of advice would you give to drummers and then what piece of advice would you give to worship leaders working with drummers um well i think that um for the biggest piece of advice that i could give a drummer is learn to listen and we all have a tendency to we all like our favorite groove we all like our favorite tempo and um you know we need to learn to be unselfish in our playing we need to learn to um, be less busy that's almost universal for drummers and And by the way guitarists and bassists (laughs) (laughs) um and and we all know how much we hate having it playing with a busy bass player but somehow or another we find it within ourselves to be to think that the busyness works for us and it probably doesn't so learn to listen you know play dynamically um most most of the worship stuff out there when you're on a verse you need to bring it way down and just you know just like learn to use ghost notes on your snare and and learn to control your hi-hat volume a lot of it takes a lot of coordination to pay attention to tempo to pay attention to the groove that you're playing and to play dynamically and so don't get lazy and just get locked into what's comfortable learn to improve you know so well, just, and, it takes a lot of coordination to play drums in the first place so yeah like but we've y- talked a lot about you know being comfortable on an instrument and mm-hmm. you need to have a certain comfort level if you're going to be leading worship from that instrument or something you know mm-hmm. 
you got to have uh, to me there's probably a certain skill level you need to have at playing drums before you're actually enhancing the worship and not just serving as a as a uh, a drum machine for the worship right. team yeah and i think that um you know that again like if you learn to listen evaluate your sound don't just i mean some people i think view a given drum groove is like it's almost like a new trick that you would learn like on a skateboard or something you know you learn this new groove well that's not music that's just putting a bunch of uh putting a rhythm structure together and that's not what drumming is about it's that's part of it but music has an ebb and a flow and it has a breathing quality and that needs to come from the drums just like it comes from the vocals you know and a lot of drummers that I hear don't get that. And so it, it makes for a very sterile sounding worship set. And so, you know, like I said, learn to listen. And then for worship directors, you know, don't let your drummers push you around. You have to, you have to be the one to help remind them to play dynamically. You have to be listening for them and um, teaching them to listen and, the other thing for drummers and this, uh, I mean, this is everybody on stage, but you need to learn to be humble. You need to learn that it's not about you. And, and, um, it's not about even so often that satisfaction that you get in playing your favorite groove or whatever you have to, you have to, you're up there to serve the Lord and, and, but you're also up there to make really the best music you can possibly make. And so you got to be unselfish. You're part of a team. You're not, you're not up there, hopefully up there just to show off. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Campen, the first chair drummer, if you will, here at Gateway. And uh, I'd like to say a big thanks to him for coming and joining us on this podcast. I'd also like to take a minute and remind you all that you can help, you, know, you can join in on this conversation by going to www.worshipministrycatalyst.com and you can comment on this post or you can uh, send us an email. You can send uh, me an email, david at worshipministrycatalyst.com or you can send uh, Kevin an email Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. If you have questions for Lee, if you'd like to ask him some uh, drum-specific questions, go ahead and get in touch with me, and I'll pass those on to you, and then I'll put them in contact with you. I'm sure he'd be more than willing to help us out with that. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope that it has been a helpful and inspirational tool for your worship ministry. We know that you are out there working hard every week to make worship happen, and and you are doing a a tremendous work for the Church of Jesus Christ, and uh, we hope that this podcast can help inspire you to do worship a little bit better and serve as a catalyst for your worship ministry. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.